I have sailed. I have moved about this world of ours, and ever in search of the finest of its kind, we bring you the tops in Audio Drama Networks. This is Mutual. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Hello, strange world. Welcome to the Aldergate Papers. My name is Adrian Ward, and these singed and crumpled pages are my diary, a record of the final days of my former life. I remember almost nothing of the story they contain. All I know is that it ends with me very nearly being killed, and that it may not be entirely unrelated to some of the strange things that seem to be happening lately. If there's any truth in the odd fragments of memory that I just can't seem to shake, well, there are things you deserve to know. Things that may help you to understand what's going on, and what's coming. We rejoin our hero as the shades of his past close in on him. Old friends, old enemies, Strange lives, and even stranger deaths. This is Day One, Part Three, In the Company of Ghosts. It's getting late. It'll start getting early before long. You really ought to sleep, probably, if you could see to find your bedroom. Ugh. Twist it all. This blackout business really is too much. Does this sort of thing happen often, do you suppose? The wiring in this place probably hasn't been updated since the Great War. Sir Reggie considered it a priceless historical artifact. <laughs> Remember that stemwinder of his at Bonefire? He dropped his lighter into the pile of frigid femurs and frosty fibulae and couldn't find it again. <laughs> light! Get me some light here, blast you! Need light to light the light! Ah! And then, after one of his rowers tossed him a torch from the barge, he kept everyone who'd ventured out for the ceremony all huddling on the banks around the mingle. Light! Ha oh, ha! You know, in 1882, Oregon University was the largest contiguous electrical grid on planet Earth. That's how you start a fire. Oh. But now half of Guildford College. Did it again in 1914, when old Cassie Fetch got fuller in to stick searchlights on the rooftops. 
Operation Beacon of Civilization, they called it. You can see us from Nordholtz. I had it straight from Jamie Ambrose's lips. He was in the 101st, you know, before he came to Delora. And he said, he said Cassie Fetch had a telegram from Billy Hohenzollern himself. More light, mehr Licht, wie ein Weihnachtsbaum. Let the Zeps know where they're not wanted. Then he led us all in one and a half choruses of O Tannenbaum. It's quite a pair of shoes you've got to fill, self, my lad. Still, nice to know you're not the first to feel that way. Sir Reggie worshipped V.C. Ambrose, and Cassandra Fetch was a legend in her own right. Which bonefire ceremony was that, anyhow? Not the one where he fell in the mingle. Must have been the year before, because he was wearing the old set of robes. The ones with the antlers on the shoulders that came unstuck when they fished him out. <laughs> That'll be your job this year. And in years to come, if you survive. Which you've got to, haven't you? Got to build a legacy to intimidate your successor. Perhaps that's what's wrong with the manse. It hasn't accepted you yet. You haven't proven yourself, not to its standards. It's a proud and barbarous old thing, born nearly a millennium ago of a stone and iron bloodline. Perhaps it feels a weaker hand upon the university's bridle, a lighter foot in the stirrup. It's trying to buck you off, rejecting you like an organ from an alien donor. Alien. <laughs> That's you, right enough. A victim of self-abduction. Your New York Minute brain is floating in an antique jar. A jolly nice jar, though, must be said. Well, perhaps nice isn't quite the word. This library is nice, but unrepresentative. It's the dancing crest upon the helm of Leonidas, a pin-up girl reclining on the turret of an armored tank. Up here it's all great graceful windows and fan-vaulted ceilings, but down below is a fortress that was built to withstand battering rams. When old Henry the Sequel re-endowed Altergate, he was at war with France, Scotland, Ireland, Flanders, and Boulogne not to mention his wife and three of his sons. The order of that day was intense defense, spare no expense, and basementry to sustain a small army through a siege. Yes. You haven't actually seen the basement yet. Visited, yes. Seen, no. Supposedly there's a pretty good wine cellar down there as well. Calls for an expedition of discovery, once the lights come back, of course. If Sir Reggie's collection of old bottles is on par with his collection of old boxes, you're sitting on treasure trove, and you could probably spend a week or a month scouring this place and still not find all those secret passages and rotating fireplaces and what have you. The library alone is going to take a decade to excavate. Your illustrious predecessor has stacked these boxes of his halfway to the ceiling, 
and the vault's thirty foot high if it's an inch. Boxes, boxes everywhere. And to think, it's all yours. Your problem, at any rate. The university was Sir Reggie's bride, her scholars his beloved children, but as for heirs and assigns, he doesn't seem to have any. It'd probably pass to the crown, but this being Aldergate, that seems unlikely. Under the INTE, it probably passes to the university, so it lands in your lap de jure as well as de facto. Like it or lump it, you are the custodian of the earthly possessions of the late Sir Reginald Cardew. Assuming he is late, of course. He's certainly late for work. It's been six months since the old buffer went missing, so if he ever does turn up, he can't very well complain about his position having been filled in his absence. And it's not all bad, this inheritance of yours. You weren't in any state to properly appreciate it earlier, but there's a great wheel of bitto storico down in the kitchen that will repay inspection. Then there's this dressing gown. You found it draped over a pallid bust of Tyche on the second floor landing, and you dashed well intent to keep it. The burgundy velvet is a bit Cosimo de' Medici, but the silk lining is delicious. Less certain is the fate of the old briar pipe you found in the pocket. Perhaps you ought to keep that as well. Wouldn't put it near your mouth, but by your recollection, Sir Reggie mostly used it for gesturing with, and to great effect. Keep it. Yes, keep it. Think of it as a rite of succession, assuming the robe and scepter of the fallen king. Anyhow, for the moment at least, it's a choice between stealing a dead man's clothes and catching your own death of chill. So, bung-ho for the grave robbery. And there's probably loads of other grand old things you'll be happy to keep, at least for the moment. Besides, even if you do decide to pack up your old digs and let Tom the Usurper buy you out of floor 12, all that sleek modern stuff Bell's picked out for you would never feel at home inside this medieval monster. No, the sticks and baubles can stay, but once you've done a bit of spring cleaning, you'll have to think seriously about dragging this place's guts into the century of the fruit bat. The Society of Preservationists won't like it. Baz has tactfully warned you that there are paintings in the manse that have hung crooked since the First Commonwealth, and you'll ignite a riot in Regent House if you straighten them. Well, break out the old spirit level. If you show weakness at the start, they'll stampede all over you. They may try to, in any case. Baz went all pink and vague when pressed for specifics, but it seems you caused considerable fuss already just by taking the job. Stomped a few sensitive toes on your way through the front door, as it were. Not surprising. There must have been at least a few sitting regents who fancied the top job, and they won't take kindly to being passed over for an outsider. You'll have to find out who they and their partisans are. 
work out whether they need to be bought, or bullied, or squished, or what. Oof. Tiresome. All is politics. You can't escape it. You may have left Tom, and Bells, and the Bastards behind, but Aldergate is just a new act in the same old farce. Just don't get stuck in more deeply than you can help. And for pity's sake, don't go getting interested in it. All that masturbatory Machiavellian machination brings out rather an unpleasant streak in you. Huh. Oh, how shall you overcome such temptation? The siren allure of university intrigue. Who could resist the chance to get stuck in, juggling a lot of rusty old knives with sharp blades and dull personalities? Ugh, you're well out of it, if you can stay out of it. And really, the Board of Regents is mostly profs and alumni anyhow. Surely most of them have got too much real work on their plates to invest much ego in university policy. And you've got to have at least a few friends among them. They did elect you, after all, and without your even having asked to be considered. Let's see... Well, Baz, obviously. She's faithful to a fault. And of course, Dr. Kilbury's a pal. Gina Varden, if she's still whinnying with us, do you suppose? Well, no point supposing anything, seeing as Baz stuck the list in your welcome packet, along with your own copy of the Lex Ordigatiensis. Yes, a pretty little pocket edition of the university's Byzantine bylaws. First time you've seen a book thicker than it is high. Baz probably expects you to memorize it, and the full role of regents and officers as well. Ah. Here we have a gap of a few lines, and then an angry sort of scribble. The former presumably represents time spent leafing through a list of the regents of Aldergate University. The latter, the... Um, profound emotions that resulted. Bah! Doom and twist it all. <sighs> well, good news and bad news, eh, self old chum? On the one hand, Jean is still about. That's good. Also good is how frightfully many regents there are. Hundreds and hundreds, you've no idea. The body looks to be divided equally among profs, emancipated scholars, and the low select. That last being a sort of catch-all for distinguished friends of the university. Hmm. There's Simon Arkwell. Haven't thought about him in a minute. Also a Geoffrey Arkwell. He's on the University Council. Must be Simon's father. You're always vaguely aware of an old paterfamilias cooped up down at Wexley House. So, he's still in situ, it seems. And there are quite a few other regents you recognize from civilian life. By name, if not to say hello to. Not too much finance, thankfully. 
some tech, some politics, literary, musical, scientific, philanthropic. Quite the glittering roll, an inventory of the great and the good. But it's not all good, is it? No. And yet, how inevitable. How could you ever have doubted? That's how we do it, after all. That's where we hide, in plain sight and in small print. There, right between Horoshima and Horowitz. Holborn, comma, John. There can't be two, can there? Not with your luck. <sighs> well, there's a little fact about the world you live in, eh, Silfield boy? Black Jack Holborn is a regent of Aldergate University. <sighs> Never mind. He's probably never attended a convocation in his life. And if he does, what of it? Really, it doesn't matter in the slightest. If he wants to gloat, let him gloat. If he wants to vote, let him vote. If he wants to threaten, well, let him. There's nothing behind it, not really. He may be a bastard, and the sitting manarch at that, but that cuts both ways. He can't afford to look unstable any more than you can. Oh, he'd gut you in a heartbeat, but he won't flout the voice to do it. So, keep your head up, eyes on the brass ring. Don't let him involve you, and if that can't be helped, which perhaps it can't, don't let him involve the university. It's not part of the game. And besides, this is... home. No need for all that song and dance. Hmm, yes. The less dancing you do, the better. Once you get started, you won't know how to stop and then you're bound to wind up tripping over your own feet. Remember, your mind does have a tendency to wander. Ha ha, bloody ha. Well, laugh if you like, but it's not a joke. It hasn't been two weeks since you pulled the emergency brake on that storied career of yours. Why? Because... Better to roll to an ignominious halt than go flying off the rails and smash everything to pieces. You kissed it all goodbye. Forswore your legacy, fobbed off Ward Holdings, left New York. All that will have been for nothing if you go putting yourself in the same sort of brittle situations. Do you want to climb back into that frying pan already? It's all very well to talk about risking all on one turn of pitch and toss, but if you lose now, you're done for entirely. No more gambling with those little grey cells of yours. The last bad roll nearly drowned you in the Hudson. So, plan.
Step 1. Find a doctor. Can't actually see them yet, or be seen by them. That would be a dead giveaway. But you can at least start searching for a neurologist who knows their trade, and won't be compelled to report every sneeze and twitch to the rest of the class. Medical records do get stolen, but then medical records do get falsified, don't they? Do they? Probably could be. Most things can. Hard to say. Not your bag, really. You quashed poor old Tom and left about a trillion dollars on the table to keep ward holdings out of the healthcare informatics space. And for that matter, you've never really been to a doctor, have you? Funny thought. But, well, you were on the Sheshoff for most of your early years, and then you were young and carefree and shamefully unsupervised. Then you were busy, couldn't waste time getting told to knock off the stimulants. And then, well, then you are inside the circle and under the microscope. <laughs> Seems absurd to think that you've gone all your life without a single check under the hood, but you can't very well go deviating now. If you can't afford to let them see the smoke, you certainly can't call the fire department. Wonderful. So, you can just smolder away to an ash. Unless... What if there was an accident? An injury, nasty one. The more embarrassing, the better. Shouldn't be too hard. You nearly managed it a half dozen times since you got here. Take another toss down the basement stairs. Et voila! Off you go to Weatherby with bits of bone sticking out. A few days of recovery up in one of those deluxe private medical suites in La Gorgone, and all the chance in the world to find a sympathetic doc who won't tattle on you if he finds a loose screw or two rattling about in your attic. Not bad. Not without drawbacks, but not bad. Or hangabout. Ah, what about that mystery fellow they put in charge of Midwinter Hill? You'd never heard of him until it was announced that he'd be heading up the Center for Integrated Science. But that article in Pop Psy gave his bio. Chandra Mystery, recruited out of all India to be the head of clinical engineering and medical sciences up in Weatherby 3. Not quite sure how that fitted him up to run Bonehenge, but the secret to his appointment may lie in his other title. Personal Physician to the Vice-Chancellor. Well, if a personal physician comes with a job, they can hardly blame you for that, can they? Who is it now, do you suppose? Or is it still mystery, pro tem? Basil, no. Anyhow, you've gone decades without a checkup. You can wait a few more days. In the meantime... Yes, what about the meantime? All very well to talk about giving your brain a rest, but you know it's not in your programming to just stand idle. You'd drive yourself mad trying to stay sane. Besides, suppose you do hang fire and bide your time and wait for the stars to align, and then... 
Well, what if, when you do pop up to Weatherby to get scanned and screened and scrutinized, what if they don't find anything? Or suppose they do, but it's not something fixable. Unless you're willing to chain yourself to your bedpost and swallow the key, those dice will keep rolling as long as you keep breathing. You'll shut yourself up and pin yourself down, and just end up back in the drink anyway. And next time you'll pocket a few stones beforehand. Well, if you can't make certain you won't lose, you've got to give yourself the best possible chance to win, what? Charge for the guns, damn the torpedoes. And if you do throw a rod and wind up tottering about the place with your underpants on your head, well, Aldergate seems to like her vice-chancellors, not entirely compos mentis. <laughs> Poor Sir Reggie. You must have left just as he was starting his grand decline. And to think, you aided and abetted. Not that you could have known. You didn't notice anything unusually unusual about the old boy. Nothing new, at least. But then you wouldn't have, would you? You'd got every wandering thought fixed on getting Bofax technologies off the ground and the Hobson Muse crew was in no position to turn up its nose at a source of revenue. All those afternoons lugging boxes of stolen souvenirs up three blasted flights of stairs. Should you have seen the signs? No, you wouldn't have. Baz wouldn't have. Alistair wouldn't have mentioned it, and Sammy wouldn't have cared. What about Neek? Neek might have spotted something amiss. She was far better at sensing troubled souls, and far worse at ignoring them. You certainly don't recall her ever fretting that your illustrious predecessor was becoming an extreme hoarder. An extreme international kleptomaniac, possibly. Possibly. Certainly. Boastfully, even. But the only thing that could have turned Sir Reggie into a hermit would have been if a cave-in trapped him under an avalanche of these bloody boxes. <laughs> you don't suppose that's what happened, do you? Surely not. No, no, Baz said he'd nicked a submersible from the Pelparvis research station on Pitcairn and was putting about in the South Seas, something like that. It's not as if anybody was really keeping a close eye on him, but... No. Surely not. Still, there's no sign of anybody having made a search in here. Smells no worse than musty, but this library does keep awfully chilly, even in summer. Ugh. There's a ghastly thought. And suppose it wasn't an accident at all. Suppose all that time Sir Reggie was building himself a burial chamber, like a pharaoh of old, right here at the heart of his beloved university. He was getting on in years, and if ever a fellow would have the gall to do such a thing. <laughs> the thought so dashed romantic that a perverse bit of you wants it to be true. 
Remember to pinch that bit every time you hear a funny sound late at night, and start imagining the corpse of your predecessor wandering the manse, stiff-armed and swaddled in packing tape, searching for his stolen pipe. Why not? On a dark and stormy night like this, with the power out and the wind souring in the chimney, why shouldn't the dead arise and walk? You buried Aldergate, Bofax, all the old crew. Buried them fifteen years ago. Yet, here you are again, spade in hand. Well, as the bishop said to the actress, you never forget your first massive cock-up. And even if Bofax never did quite achieve the dizzying dreams you had for it, it taught you more than you'd ever have learned in the lab or the lecture hall. You and Baz, Sammy, Neek, and Alistair, that night under the scholar's tree. Five brilliant underage idiots, with dazzling ambitions and a bottle of champagne pinched from the Elden House cellars. A toast to a blinding future. Argue all day, work all night, then tear it all to pieces and start again. The angry energy of fresh-blooded insight. Destruction and creation. That's how you summon a daemon, isn't it, self, old boy? But even if Lap Daemon was just a pipe dream, it taught you how to work. How to plan. How to scheme. How to connect certain dots in ways nobody else would ever have spotted. You've never quite recaptured that frantic cadence of inspired productivity. Not even with Sybil. Of course, you've never had another team like that. Friends like that. Your little army of explorers, adrift on the seas of discovery. Ugh. <laughs> Steady on there, self. You've a dreadful smudge on those rose-colored spectacles. If you're going to recollect, recollect properly. You can't have forgotten. Well... Ah. Here we skip a few lines, and the next bit is a couple of false starts that have been scratched out. Uh, what's the point of scratch? But it doesn't scratch. And so on. Until... No, of course not. Not forgotten, just... Put away. Mothballed it. Nobody could blame you. Nobody did, at any rate. Funny that you should be dredging all this up now, after so long. Tonight of all nights. You might have gone your whole life without giving Bofax another thought. You probably would have done, if Baz hadn't paid that unexpected call the morning after your little swim. Even so, as shaky as you still were, and as glad to see her as you felt, your first instinct was to tell her to sod off, to crawl back in between history's pages. But there are times when a chap needs a friend, 
and you haven't made so very many of those since last you left this place. Sounds pathetic when you put it like that. Anyhow, good old Baz, galloping up on her white horse to carry you away from it all. Can't fault her timing, at the very least. Good old Baz. Dame Bathsheba now, of course. She made it onto the birthday honors list the year after you did. Dame Bathsheba Winton Folks, secretary and steward of Aldergate University. Well, it's a step up from just being the silly lowercase f in Bofax Technologies. <sighs> she did her best, you know, to keep everyone connected. Even after everything, she really hoped that one day the band might somehow get back together. Stupid Baz. At least she made the effort, for whatever little that's worth. You certainly didn't, and Yannick ducked out almost entirely, one polite little email every few years when she's near civilization. My dearest Adrian, let's grab coffee when we're on the same continent, and so on. And Sammy, well, Sammy was clever. Pushed us all away, and kept us away, with an endless tide of press releases and fundraising emails and book-signing invites. She scoured away everything that might have distinguished her old partners from any handful of chance acquaintances at a weekend conference. Hers was probably the cleanest break of all. Would you have tried to change that? She was here at Aldergate, you know, guest lecturing or some such, a sabbatical between outrages. Would you have tried to reinstall Samantha Braden somewhere in your life besides your spam folder? You could have asked her for a hand in moving in. You could have offered her a billion-dollar research grant and let her decide whether or not you were joking. Perhaps just a drink or three, legal this time, just two pals down the five keys, just like the old days. No, not like the old days. You never once went to the keys with Sammy, not just you at any rate. It's not that you disliked each other, exactly. The two of you got on like a house on fire, and you know all about those, don't you? Ugh. Tell the truth. You hadn't given her more than a moment's thought for years and years. Not really. Email blasts aside, you didn't even know she was still alive until last night when Baz phoned to tell you that she wasn't. What actually happened, do you suppose? You'll know soon enough, whether you want to or not. Baz is arranging a tryst with your chief constable, and if there are going to be police running about on campus, you'll have to keep an eye on things. <sighs> Look, the windows have gone gray. Listen, 
You can hear Aldergate waking up. You've ridden right through the night, self, old boy. Funny old thing, life. You left this place the minute they closed Alistair's investigation. Now you've returned, just as Sammy's is getting started. Well then, our hero has returned to Aldergate University and found it just the same as when he left it, including some of the reasons he left it in the first place. But is he the same Adrian who left Aldergate fifteen years ago? And how will he fare this time around? We shall just have to see, shan't we? Join me every second Sunday at thealdergatepapers.com. Find the Aldergate Papers on Apple Podcasts as well. And spread the word, won't you? This may be my story, but I fear that it's likely to become everybody's problem. Until next time, I am and shall remain your humble servant, Adrian Ward. You're listening to Tuesday Terrors on the Mutual Audio Network. Tomorrow is our weekly anthology for science fiction and fantasy with Wednesday Wonders. Subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day of amazing audio or find the Wednesday Wonders feed in your favorite podcast players. The Mutual Audio Drama Network, where we listen and imagine together.